Welcome to Casual BCH. In this episode, myself and Cheap Lightning discuss Bitcoin Cash, its history, and how we got into crypto. And we'll begin with Cheapy. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello, lovely listeners. Uh, I am Cheapy. Um, I've been in the space since 2011. Um, I read an article online. Uh, I had heard about Bitcoin before, uh, but uh, I just immediately assumed that it was going to be like uh, e-gold or whatever the, the precursors were, which is, you know, any kind of digital money can be copied, uh, you know, back in, in the old MMORPG games uh, like Ultima Online, etc. There was always some kind of gold dupe exploit bug that people could figure out. Uh, and then, you know, the always what ended up happening was the economy would get wrecked because people would uh, you know, have infinite amounts of gold and then they would create some new currency and and uh, just problem after problem. So I heard about Bitcoin. I thought, oh, this is, this is ridiculous. This is a scam. It's not going to work. Um, and uh, then in 2011, um, I, I think it was Wired Magazine or, 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 or some similar website uh, had uh, an article that was titled something to the effect of uh, Bitcoin, the most disruptive technology we've ever seen, I think. Um, and I read it and uh, I was immediately uh, blown away by what I read. And then, of course, read the white paper and, and I'm not... Uh, I'm not a coder. Like I studied uh, a little bit in in uh, high school and college uh, programming back in the QBasic and C plus. I don't even think it was C plus plus C plus days. Uh, you know, back when I, you know, we were doing COBOL in the nuclear reactor, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, I I, I could I could figure out the gist of it and i was like oh okay this guy this this nakamoto guy he's really figured out how to how to solve this this problem you can't uh, you can't copy it right i don't remember exactly when i started my store i think it was 2007 or 2008 i think um and so i already had a few years of of online merchant experience um and you know dealing with credit cards and paypal and all those sorts of things um, right away, you you encounter all of these these problems with with legacy finance that I'm sure that uh, everyone is aware of. So immediately, I was like, okay, well, you know, I I gotta I gotta get on this, and uh, downloaded the the core wallet, which I think was the only wallet at the time. Um, and Gavin had a faucet, so thank you, Gavin Andreessen. Uh, you you very generously gave me my first sets and. Uh, played with it and and uh you know it was it was very obviously uh, a real thing it worked i i told everyone i i know about bitcoin um and and the potential that i i thought it had to to change the world which is you know skipping ahead a bit which is why i'm still interested in in bitcoin cash uh you know i think most of the problems in the world um, are, of course, connected to to money. Without uh, without money, you you wouldn't have a war, right? You'd have you know guys punching each other, uh, and and it would end in one night. Um, and so, if you really want to Im improve the world, and you know it's essential for humanity to survive, uh, we have to get off of this rock at some point uh, and spread out to the stars. And I, I really think that. 
the the only way to do that is to free the market um, from all of these forces, which are uh, let's just say selfish. Yeah. So so I told everyone I know about this Bitcoin thing, and of course, everyone I talked to said, you know, no thanks. It's a scam. Uh, it's too much trouble, etc. Except for uh, one friend of mine um, who who saw <laughs> saw the light and the potential. And uh, we, we decided uh, it would be smart for us to uh, mine. You know, this is 2011. Uh, the price of Bitcoin had shot up from like 30 cents to like $5 or something, uh, which at the time was, you know, a huge jump. <laughs> and I, I really thought that there was, you know, so much potential for this project uh, that we decided to uh, start mining. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know, this is still unproven technology it, uh, as far as like global adoption goes, et cetera. Uh, I, I, I still felt the potential for risk. And, and you know, in hindsight, uh, I wish I had taken all of the money that I put into mining and just bought Bitcoin directly. I would have, you know, uh, I would I would not be talking to you now. I'd be sitting on the beach somewhere uh, in my, my mansion. Yeah, on my own island, on my mansion <laughs> uh, made out of uh, diamonds. Um, emeralds, but, uh, emeralds, emeralds, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I guess pragmatic. Uh, and so we decided that, uh, well, worst case scenario, we'll have some GPUs. So <laughs> GPU mining was just starting at that point. You could still mine on a CPU, but, uh, it was, uh, there was not much hope. And uh, there's a little bit, I think it was like the first GPU gold rush. ATI cards were, were the, the cards. Uh, I think they're like 50, 50, 90s or something uh, for, for you people who, who remember the dark ages. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do love video games. So obviously having, having a bunch of GPUs is, is not going to really make me sad if, if Bitcoin dies. So yeah, we bought a bunch of GPUs uh, and, and we started mining, you know, where Bitcoins were coming in. I don't remember how much we were making, but uh, you know, Bitcoins were coming in and then things were, were good. Uh, I, was happy to to buy things online with with the bitcoins that i was earning you know very very famously uh the bitcoin pizza of course was like ten thousand bitcoins you know by by that point uh i think i spent four or five bitcoins on like a wi-fi adapter which i needed so that's good but in hindsight of course uh it would have been better to not have spent it um, however i don't feel bad about it because if nobody spent anything and everybody just just hodled, uh, there would be no economy. There would be no value, uh, and so that's fine. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when everything really died uh, for for us was uh, Butterfly Labs. I'd been scammed a few times before that as well, but Butterfly Labs was really what uh, hurt the most because we we decided, you know, once Asics started to come out, uh, we decided that we needed to up our game and in order to do that buy asics uh and i think the only really of uh, there was avalon or something they were one I, yeah it was yeah I, I don't know it was a long time ago i'm getting uh history is, is fading away but uh 
they accepted Bitcoin. So uh, we we spent a bunch of our Bitcoin to get Butterfly Labs miners. And of course, that was like the absolutely worst decision <laughs> that we could have made uh, because they, you know, they they super delayed and they used them for mining themselves until they were no longer profitable. And then they shipped them out and we got them and they were already like the fans were covered in dust and stuff. It was uh, just a, it was a scam. It was a straight up scam. And then shortly after that, there was Mount Gox and uh, we got Gox to swell. <laughs> so uh, that that uh, was kind of the nail in the coffin uh, as far as our our uh, our Bitcoin business uh, at the time. But I still I accepted Bitcoin in my store. Really, I, I, you know, with Gox, the, the price crashed and I thought, well, the the project is probably going to live or die uh, based on this era, and I was a little bit depressed about you know being double scammed, uh, and so I decided to take a step back and and really not focus on on Bitcoin stuff anymore. Still accepted in my store, uh, sales still came in from time to time, people buying stuff with Bitcoin, and I was happy to accept it and and uh, just held it. And then fast forward to, uh, I guess, 2016 or 2017, and I got an email from a customer, and they were, they were really upset because the, the fee was higher than the cost of the item or, or the same cost as the item they were buying from my store, and uh, I'm trying to scam them or rip them off or something like that. And, so I, you know, replied, "Oh no, I'm really sorry. Of course, uh, Bitcoin transaction fees are, are, are low. Uh, it must be some setting uh, with my plugins. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll get back to you." And uh, there was nothing wrong with my plugins. Uh, in, in the, the, the years that had passed, uh, somehow uh, Bitcoin had stopped scaling. And fees were for getting up to the, the, not only dollars, but tens of dollars. And <laughs> I thought, well, how can this be? You know, I, before I was able to do, you know, transactions with zero fees, there was some amount of block space that was like dedicated to zero fee transactions or something. So what, what is going on? What's going on with this so, internet money? So at this yeah. point, have you not really been involved with like the online communities or were you like uh, yeah, doing I, the online stuff? Uh, I was, I was on Bitcoin talk, uh, uh, since I, I got into Bitcoin, uh, was involved, uh, up until Gox. And then after Gox, I would check in every once in a while, uh, just to see what was sort of going on. But I didn't, I didn't spend any real like dedicated time. It's just like, okay, what's, what's the front page right now and I, there was like the wall observer post i think was the like it's probably still going on i don't know mm -hmm. uh, the okay. wall observer post was like the 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 price chat yeah i would i would check it out from time to time but uh was not at all involved in in uh, what was going on and certainly didn't think that that uh my opinion would would add anything to the conversation because you know who am i uh, I'm not. I'm not a computer science genius. I'm just a guy who sells old Nintendo stuff. But uh, so then he started yeah, once, into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, Bitcoin as I knew it uh, was broken, and I couldn't understand how that happened. And that's when when I really started 
reading up on what was going on. Like I'd, I remember hearing before that like Satoshi had left. Uh, and I remember I had to update my, I, I was writing a node as well. Uh, uh, back when like Bitcoin core had, had uh, nodes built in because it was a wallet and a node and a, a miner all together in one software. Right. Um, and I remember having to update because there's like an emergency hard fork, but beyond that, like, I wasn't really paying attention until it was actually like broken, broken. And uh, yeah, I started reading and, and uh, just was immediately confused by, by what I was reading. You know, the, the rhetoric and the fighting and, and uh, the, you know, hard forks are bad and, and uh, Chinese miners are evil and uh, uh, lightning will fix everything. And, and, you know, I was really, really confused. Started reading on Reddit. I don't think I really joined in the conversation or the fight. I was just trying to figure out what was, what was going on. And, you know, people like, uh, uh, Gavin and, and, uh, Mike Hearn had uh, really logical, uh, arguments. And, uh, there were people like, uh, singularity and, and, uh, molecular and, uh, free trader and, you know, other people, uh, Beijing Bitcoins, uh, were, were, were making these arguments online that really made sense to me. And then the, the other side of it just made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, like I understand upgrading stuff can be dangerous because it can break things. Like I understand that, but, uh, you know, if, if, if you successfully test stuff well in advance, it shouldn't be an issue and was just so confused by, by the resistance that, uh, I was, I was reading about. Uh, and then I don't remember exactly what the turning point was. I think it was probably something that, uh, singularity had written on Reddit, uh, that really convinced me that, uh, big blocks is, is, is the, the way to go and, uh, started running, uh, XT node, uh, not, not long after, uh, started running the XT node, uh, I was DDoSed and I, I'm not sure if it took out the internet for my, my whole neighborhood, but it definitely did for my entire apartment building. Of course, I didn't admit to knowing what was going on, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of very unhappy people, but uh, sorry guys, if you're, if you're listening to this now, that, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, our, our uh, connection was just saturated uh, until I stopped running XT node. I couldn't get back online. And of course, you know, I need email, et cetera, for my business. So it was a successful attack. Like they were, wh whoever was doing these, these DDoS attacks, uh, they succeeded at least in, in, uh, in connection to my node. Um, I, I stopped running XT and then after the fork, I was running BU for a while until I decided that, uh, there really isn't much point, uh, mm -hmm. in running my own node so if I'm not, uh, mining, sorry, yes. Just to clarify for anybody that's yep. brand new, um, XEBU are alternative were alternative versions to the Bitcoin node software. So uh, I believe they were enforcing like higher block limits, and like each one had its own little thing. But it was almost like a vote against keeping blocks one megabyte. Yeah, uh, XT, uh, if I remember correctly, and I'm sure people, it's the internet, so people will definitely correct me if I'm wrong. I think XT had some code in it that that uh, said whatever date uh, activate basically 
larger blocks. Uh, and I think it was doubling on a schedule. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then I think BU similarly, well, of course, Bitcoin Unlimited. Uh, I think I think uh, they had some code for unlimited block size. Uh, I don't remember if it was on a schedule and if it was like increasing exponentially over time until it got un unlimited. I don't know, but anyway, it was you, it was basically a vote. Like I'm I'm voting to go for large blocks as opposed to constraining to to one megabyte blocks, which was course at the time full and saturated and uh <laughs> that's why fees were were ten dollars and more that was another big part of it was the censorship so uh you know our bitcoin uh, and bitcoin talk like you, anyone who 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 expressed an opinion about about big blocks was was getting censored and banned and uh all just kind of sh shenanigans which i thought was like this is not <laughs> this is not the the way to win a, a battle for the new economy you know it should be open honest discussion uh not not these sort of dirty dirty tactics and unfortunately for the big blockers as you know emergent often says uh, i think you name as well you know we brought a laptop to a gunfight there was the high road you know the big blockers were definitely taking the high road uh, trying to be reasonable. Uh, and I, I think the small blockers, at least certainly some of them, uh, had an agenda and were completely willing to do anything necessary to win, which includes things that uh, are not particularly honest. And I think banning and censoring people is part of that. So, yeah, so that's how I ended up in the big block camp. Um, I, at the time, there was Segwit2x, and then there was also uh, Bitcoin Cash wasn't a thing. I think 2x fork was the initial big block fork, but there was some kind of bug in it. And then it, very quickly after that, Bitcoin Cash took over. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, I'm doing some other thing now <laughs> and being very confused and then having to switch nodes, et cetera. And then, you know, Bitcoin Cash was still very new, uh, but uh, the uh, guys at uh, Bitcoin.com and uh, Bitcoin Unlimited and several other people started uh, the Satoshi's Vision Conference. So this is, of course, before SVE was a thing in, in Tokyo. Um, and I decided to go, um, even though I, you know, again, was just a guy selling stuff. I had skin in the game, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a developer. I, I didn't have a big project or anything like that. So, yeah, I decided to go to the conference in, in Tokyo. Um, and I guess it really changed my life. You know, I met all kinds of very important people uh, that I'm still good friends with today. Uh, I met my wife there. Uh, yeah, really, really uh, life-changing experience. It wasn't like some kind of like spiritual awakening or or anything like that. There's there's a difference between you know talking to people online and and this sort of ephemeral internet thing versus being in a room with people and having actual discussions and eating really delicious chocolate chip cookies together. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. You know, a lot of those people are no longer with us. I don't mean dead. <laughs> They've gone on to other projects. Yeah, it. Uh, all in all, it was uh, it was uh, amazing. And and to be quite honest, un until that conference, I, I wasn't sure about Craig Wright. Uh, I thought that there was a chance that he may have been involved in the Bitcoin project 
you know, at that time he, he, there was the, the rumor that, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto was actually a team of people, um, and that he was somehow involved. Um, and I thought, uh, maybe, maybe, but at the conference when he came out running to, uh, Metallica, um, and just started saying nonsense on the stage, which, you know, and I'm, again, I'm not a technical person made no sense to me as far as how something would be possible. He's, he said something like, uh, and, and if, if you, if you are, are not honest, we'll ban you, uh, as far as like people doing transactions or mining or something. And it made no sense to me. And then, uh, Peter Risen raised his hand and said, you know, before you said that we'll, we'll, will ban you. How, how is that possible? And he couldn't answer the question. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, this guy is just, just, uh, smoking mirrors. Uh, so yeah, really good that, that, uh, conference. Uh, so all, all the guys who put that on, I think, uh, Bitcoin Unlimited was probably the, the main organizers. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, uh, uh, thank you very much for, for, uh, putting that on that, that changed everything. And it was, it was, uh, uh, really the, the, uh, Satoshi's vision conference that, uh, made, uh, me decide to do the Osaka meetup and, uh, see if there's people, uh, we could, we could get together locally. Um, and, uh, again, that, that, uh, spiraled and, and uh, met all kinds of wonderful people and was really a life, life changing thing. Is that something you're um, still then, doing now? No, uh, COVID basically killed that. Uh, we've done a few, uh, you know, we were doing them, we were doing them monthly and then we were doing them every two weeks. Uh, and then COVID happened and, uh, you know, everything shut down. Same with the rest of the world. Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and, uh, lots of venues and places closed their doors forever. Um, the main place that, uh, we, we always, uh, did our, our meetups is still open. They still accept BCH, but their, their hours seem to be quite random now. I think, uh, maybe the owner has a different business, uh, as well. Uh, and so a few times that we've, we've done meetups, we've, you know, gone there on, on a, a you know, regular Wednesday or Thursday or Friday night and they've been closed. Um, so we've had to find alternative places. Um, unfortunately, um, and since, uh, since COVID we've, we've really been focusing on stuff online. Yeah. We've, we've done a few meetups, especially when we hear that, uh, people are coming to town from, from the community and, uh, I'll, I'll get a message and, and they'll be like, you know, Hey, is there a meetup? And I'll just say, no, but we can make one. And then, uh, we'll get a bunch of people together. So it's, it's not a regular thing. We still do them, but it's not on a regular schedule anymore. So that gets you up to current day. Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> We're just getting started. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, yeah. So we did the meetup, started meeting people. Um, and of course, as, as you meet people, uh, things just continue to, to grow, uh, your network expands, etc. So of course I met Akane from the Tokyo meetup uh, at the Satoshi Vision Conference. She probably doesn't remember that, but that's the first time we met. I met uh, Roger for the first time at the Satoshi Vision Conference as well. Met lots of people. Met uh, Emergent Reasons at uh, the Osaka meetup. Of course, now we're, we're really good friends. Yeah, as you, as you meet people, uh, you know, we're all sort of working towards the same goal. So 
you know, I was asked uh, if I could if I could help. Uh, there used to be something called the the Bitcoin Cash Association. I was, you know, they they sent us a bunch of T-shirts and stickers and stuff, and then. You know, they found out that I I have a lot of experience shipping things, and so they asked if I would uh, take care of shipping goods to different meetups around the world. And so soon, my my uh, my living room was just filled with BCH T-shirts and stickers, and then I was distributing them around the world. You know, that through that process, I, I met Monica and uh, other people. Um, and as you, you do things, you know, it just expands and expands. And then uh, Satoshi's Angels was formed and they asked me if I do some work for them. And so I was doing, you know, odd jobs when when necessary, designing some flyers and, and stuff like that. And then uh, they asked me if I'd help with the news. Uh, and so then I, I started editing the news and then writing the news and uh, was also doing the uh, Bitcoin Cash network discussions, you know, arranging that, participating in that, sometimes emceeing that, editing and uploading those videos, making the ELI5 documents for those. Also around that time, this is a few years ago now, everything's melting together, but I noticed that there there really wasn't a, a moderator in the BCH uh, Telegram channel during my time zone. I think everyone was was in in the states at the time, um, and so there was just a constant stream of of spam, etc. When I was awake, <laughs> and so I asked uh, the owner uh, who was Colin, said, "Hey, do you need another mod? Happy to clean up some of this junk." Um, and he made me a mod, and so I've been a mod since then. I don't know; it's been two, three years now. I don't know how many how many Telegram channels I'm a moderator of now, but it's a lot. You know, this is all volunteer as well. Also, felt uh, there's there's a, a need for. I, I think as, as sort of famous, the, the the meme is someone right. It started out as just just a meme because people would constantly write in, in the, in the groups, someone should blah, blah, blah. Uh, everyone is waiting for, for daddy to, to do the thing, whatever the thing is. And there is no daddy. There is no government. Uh, there is no authority figure who's going to do the things that need to be done. And everyone, not everyone, but, but a lot of people are, are doing the best that they can. Uh, the BCHN guys are, are rocking it and GP guys are rocking it. Uh, podcast guys are rocking it, but there's still lots of other things that need to be done. And a lot of these little things fall through the cracks because nobody has the time or, or, or bandwidth to do them. And so I started the uh, Bitcoin Cash Foundation just to pick up some of these pieces of things that, that get, you know, missed or, or, or not prioritized by people who have uh, more skills than, than I do. And so I'm, I'm constantly looking for websites that have Bitcoin Cash represented by the wrong logo or the wrong name, and then contacting those, those people on behalf of the BitcoinCashFoundation.org um, to let them know that they should up, update their thing. And also working on of course, the news now, uh, I've, I've folded the news under the BCHF. So the weekly news uh, is still me, but it's just under a different banner now. And decided to also start doing weekly news videos as well. And so please check those out. 
please subscribe, like, share, uh, <laughs> all of those things. Uh, uh, BitcoinCashFoundation.org has links, uh, but if you just search for Bitcoin Cash Foundation on on uh, YouTube, you should be able to find it. And and while you know, I'm sure most people say, you know, please like, subscribe, whatever to in- increase their revenue. There's no ads on on our videos. When I say please like and subscribe, it's really just to expand reach. Uh, so if if Bitcoin Cash is going to succeed to become money for the world, uh, people need to know it exists. Um, and the way to do that is by by sharing the knowledge of it. So uh, there's a lot of really great explainer uh, introduction videos uh, that are on YouTube made by people like GP and and the podcast. Please share those things as well. There's there's a lot of things that that need to be done by people who are are technically competent that have special skill sets. But there's even more things that need to be done by anyone. Anyone can do it. Anyone can share this information. Anyone can, can uh, create memes. Anyone can create content. Uh, and even if you can't create something, you can certainly spread awareness. And that's by by sharing this information, which is created by other people. Uh, if you can create content and information, please do so. But if you feel like you can't or you're shy or whatever, then please share the information that's being spread by other people. Um, because it will it will certainly help get more people on the the same wavelength, um, and uh, we we need all all the people. So please share share share. And I guess that's uh, that's probably basically where we are today. Um, there's quite a few things that I w- I want the BCHF to do and plan on expanding things. So uh, one thing, for example, is it's it's not uh, live yet there's sort of a, a a placeholder up on on bitcoincashfoundation.org but uh, I, I will be distributing uh, bitcoin cash accepted here stickers to the world um, and so what you will be able to do hopefully very soon uh, less within this month i think is uh, you will be able to go to the bitcoincashfoundation.org and if you have a a store anywhere in the world uh, that accepts Bitcoin Cash, uh, you can go to the store that's on on uh, BitcoinCashFoundation.org uh, and add add stickers to your cart. And there's no cost; it's absolutely free. So you have to make an order just so I can collect your your address, etc., <laughs> to know where to send the stickers to. Um, and then once you complete the the order, uh, I will mail you some Bitcoin Cash accepted here stickers. Uh, for free uh, to anywhere in the world. So uh, if you're a merchant, yeah, please, uh, please keep that in mind. I have, I have the, I have uh, several different versions of stickers now, uh, only in two languages, English uh, and Spanish, uh, a few different styles and sizes. So uh, there are some options. I, I will limit people to just, I'm not sure. I have to check the weight. There's a weight limit for, uh, for letter mail. But uh, I think it'll probably be about three stickers. So that'll be your limit. Uh, But I'm happy to send them anywhere in the world for free. Awesome. So suffice to say, you've been around for a bit. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's, uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been around for a bit and uh, hopefully we'll be around for a lot longer too. Yeah. Um, So I am Sayoshi Nakamario. Uh, I've gone by other names in the past. Oh. Uh, Yeah. 
Um, two others, at least, that I can... Oh, maybe three. For example? Mm, no, nah, they're, they're dead and gone. Okay. <laughs> um, I've, I've basically... Great, Maxwell. <laughs> Luke Jr., mm, yes. Um, <laughs> I've basically been a lurker the whole time I've been in crypto. So I've basically been in about the same amount of time you have been. I think it was like really late 2010 or early 2011 when I first learned about Bitcoin. Wow. I think it was like a Slashdot article. I don't know. That might have been the very first one I saw. And I think I saw it a couple times over months, a few months, but like most people that get into crypto, uh, the very common story is you uh, hear about it and then you dismiss it and ignore it for a while until you start seeing it come <laughs> up again. Um, so first time I looked at it, it's like, whatever, geek money, uh, move on, some nerd project that's never going to work. But then when you start seeing it keep coming up, you start looking into it more. And uh, I was going through basically university at the time for computer networking. And like it was kind of up my alley once I understood what it was trying to do. So from a technical side, I was like started getting super interested in it. And I think I remember probably early 2011, it like syncing up a Bitcoin node using that Bitcoin core software. And this was when I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't read the white paper yet. And it's like I knew you're supposed to do some sort of mining with this software and it gives you coins. And I remember having... <laughs> I built this little computer for my dorm room because I wanted to have like my own little file server and I needed something to do with it because it wasn't doing anything. So I end up finding this Bitcoin thing, download the software, install it, start syncing the blockchain. I don't know what a blockchain is. It's at 54%. I don't have any coins yet. I turned on the thing for mining. It's not doing anything. Whatever. Delete the software. <laughs> Forget, oh, about no. it. Forget about it for like another six yeah. months. <laughs> Uh, that could have changed a lot. <laughs> but yeah, after like coming back to it again after six months, it's like start learning what it is and just like got totally sucked into it. I didn't really do any mining or anything after that. I was basically living on loans at the time going through school. And then I was focusing fully on because um, I basically put myself through university. And after university, I was fully focused on just paying off the loan. I, I hate having debt. <laughs> So like every, every cent was going to that, but I was still constantly learning about Bitcoin technology side. I'm not really a coder though. So I didn't really feel like, kind of like you said, like, who am I to be talking about this code stuff? Like, I don't really understand it fully. Um, I think in high school, I took like one Perl class for coding, oh. it's super old. And <laughs> that's the limit of my coding experience at the time. So, uh, but after, you know, working in IT servers, networking for a while. It's like get exposed to scripting and, you know, PowerShell and basic stuff and for managing systems. So started getting like a little more familiar with coding and the concepts of it. And after it was probably around the time that maybe six months before the fork to BCH. So like 2016 ish, I like I was obsessively reading Bitcoin talk and BTC. I think, yeah, BTC around that time and the Bitcoin subreddit starting to come out of my shell a little bit and starting to talk in the actual uh, community in when once the arguments were happening. So I'd made posts on other things since like 2013, 2014, but never really trying to like stand up for anything or talk about these discussions because around that 2016, 2017, it was going in full tilts, the block size wars. Once it started getting really heated is when I started kind of supporting the big block side because that's what made most, the most sense to me. 
right? Uh, <laughs> yep. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, if anybody looks at my Twitter these days, I'm basically just a broken record going on the same thing about sustainability. Yeah. So, but yeah, basically, yeah, I started really coming out of my shell at that time. Still wasn't really involved in the community. It was mostly just, you know, me and my uh, girlfriend and wife at the time. Same person. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Transitioned over time, you know? Yes, that's cool. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, basically just going on, talking with her about it. So she's like fully up to date on everything, basically. <laughs> yeah, once B once the BCH thing happened, it's like, so you, you said the Segwit2x thing, BCH existed before Segwit2x tried to activate um, by like two months or something. Right? Yeah, because it was like September or something was the Segwit 2X. September, October, November, uh, somewhere in there. There there was a different precursor to Bitcoin Cash, though, that, that uh, everyone was on board with. Bef maybe it wasn't Segwit 2X. Maybe it was something else. But there okay. was something that was before BCH that, that launched and then had some bug. And then they immediately launched Bitcoin Cash after it. And I don't remember what it was called. But uh, okay. some, there, somebody there was... in the comments... We'll, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm pretty positive yeah. Bitcoin Cash was forked before Segwit2x um, because I remember reading everything about, you know, Segwit being ripped out of it and RBF being ripped out of the code base. And then right. it just kind of simmered for a while and then Segwit2x failed. And I was one of those people oh, that, that was... I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I was okay. one of those people that was like, didn't want the community to fork, but didn't really support BTC. But I was like, okay, Segwit2x, whatever. I will all support that. I'm positive it's not going to work. Like it's it's obvious that because they're activating Segwit first, they're not going to do the the block sizing. Piece. Right. So I was just basically waiting for it to blow up. Well, I I thought I was you know crazy. Uh, like it seemed so obvious to me. It's like, well, clearly this is the way forward. But because people aren't supporting it, I have to be missing something. There has to be something that that. It's like really important technically that I'm missing. I, I, I'm dumb. So I, I have to be mistaken. <laughs> Pretty much. Obviously, right? But uh, yeah, the more I read, the more I, I uh, understood. No, no, I'm not crazy. But Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it feels like you're taking crazy pills because everybody's saying it other does. things online. So, yeah. which is yeah. also why it took so long for me to come out of my shell because you see all these people yeah. arguing about it and it just doesn't make sense at a fundamental right. level, but the people are disagreeing. So yeah, it took a long time. And, but once that segment two X failed is when I just kind of threw in the towel and it's like, Nope, I'm, I'm not doing BTC. It, it's not what yeah. I signed up for. It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like in the past, it was like transactions were free. Like they weren't going to be free forever. And everybody knew that, but it was all about getting people to use it. And that's how exactly. it became sustainable was usage. So, uh, yeah, so I just threw in the towel and I just, that's kind of when I started getting a little more involved in doing things. Um, I'm still mostly a nobody. Um, I tried to put in a few things here and there, but uh, basically I saved up some money. You're a someone. I'm, <laughs> I've become you're, a, someone. You're a someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I basically just decided to save up some money uh, from work for a few years and then try to make the jump to do coding stuff because I just felt like more, I could do more for uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash that way. Honestly, with my exist, my current job or past job, it was like I was kind of bored with it anyways. You kind of hit that plateau where it's like everything's just kind of, there's a couple new things coming out, but it's just, 
I'm one of those people that, yeah, I I need, I keep pushing all the time. And once I get into a position and it's like, you're just doing your Monday to Friday, whatever, and nothing really new happens, I start getting bored really quickly. (laughs) So yeah, that was kind of the plan. Swap over and just try to take a couple of years and learn coding and actually develop some things and try to make it work. So I started up, um, my first foray into it was doing helpme.cash. And this is mostly because uh, at the time, smart BCH was a thing. EBM oh yeah I skipped, that. I yeah. skipped that whole chapter <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff that happened that blew up died dead is what it is <laughs> yeah it's okay <laughs> but it, it did get me to try quoting more seriously because because it was an EVM sidechain I looked at solidity and stuff like that and I was able to wrap my mind around that a lot easier than trying to do bitcoin coding and scripting because that's much more low level right now right um, which is getting better. So I jumped into that to help me cash as a start as just like a directory site for smart BCH and also Bitcoin cash itself. Uh, so it's just a bunch of random links for projects and stuff. People can check out, uh, tutorials, media people. It is not updated as it should be, but you know, it's something it does get a little traffic even with me, not like updating it all the time. So it's useful for some people. So going from help me cash. I uh, decided to learn Solidity, trying to get that coding knowledge in. And so I just jumped in and did some basic contracts and then jumped into a contract system, ecosystem that was way too big and I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, but took a, like, it took basically a year to wrap my head around it and get it working properly. And a lot of that was also just learning like web development, doing basic website stuff, React and everything. So if I can do all this stuff, I did have a little bit of an IT background, but a lot of this stuff was starting from scratch, basically. If I can do it in like a year or two, anybody can basically. So can you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my current status is did all that learning and now I'm currently, because Smart BCH blew up and my project doesn't have anywhere to go, I was looking at other EVM chains and just Boo. Like, yeah. Boo. <laughs> there's a lot of learning that went into that man <laughs> yeah I um, yeah but yeah looking at other evm chains to launch which we might still do you never know it wouldn't hurt to be on two different types of chains how but, much time do you got yeah i know i, I just returned from eth toronto uh 2023 and wasn't really enthusiastic with how it was like the, the community and all the chains that were represented. And the one thing that really stood out to me going to that conference was that it's an Ethereum conference, but there was almost no Ethereum involved. It was all, <laughs> all these other chains that are EVM chains. Some of them are layer twos on Ethereum, but it's like Ethereum itself, there wasn't really a lot of focus on. It was all these things that felt like pump and dumps or uh, other uh, technologies that were crypto but also weren't crypto and they're like doing their own Mm -hmm. thing and the one thing that stuck with me about that was that uh cash tokens on smart bch not on smart bch on bitcoin cash (laughs) (laughs) uh, it kind of feels like that entire environment with like massive amounts of things going on on ethereum yeah is because of the evm ecosystem which is what cash tokens is for bitcoin cash right it's like just starting that so from crypto a, kitties yeah <laughs> exactly bch guru yep. um, but but, yeah um but yeah just you know, crypto kitties was the first like 
Ethereum project that that I used. I think it was the first time I used Ethereum was CryptoKitties. Um, and that's what inspired me to do it. It's like, okay, what is this thing? How does it work? It's a breeding cats game thing. You buy some NFTs and you you combine them together and and you get new NFTs and stuff. It's like, okay, th- I want to I want to try this. You know, that was the, the only thing that that existed at the time, and that was you know ground floor. And of course, look where we are now. But uh, yeah, cash tokens is is basically the at that stage. You know, assuming that it explodes, uh, this is this is the ground. <laughs> so. Pretty much, and that's the thing is, it's like yeah. money and transactions. That's great. Most people don't care, <laughs> reality yeah. wise. Like, but that like that utility, that random projects that are using the EVM stuff that now Cash Tokens has in its own form, in to some degree, because we're still wrapping our heads around it. Basically, it's yeah, just yeah, your ground floor. So I don't know. It's I just decided that it's probably better just to spend more time, switch over, and just see how it goes. <laughs> big risk. Well, big risk, big reward if it works Potentially. out. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. So part of the Etrano thing was there was a hackathon involved with it, and I've never done a hackathon before, so I jumped into that with the wife, and we decided to do um, a game because part of that thing that BCH is lacking is uh, things like the CryptoKitties and gaming and stuff like that. So... I'm a big gamer. I love games. I, if I could have started understanding coding and stuff in school and doing games, I would have done that. So it's kind of matching up multiple faucets that I want to do. And um, we started development on that and submitted it for the hackathon. It's nowhere near done or anything, but um, EVM-wise, it can connect and save player data and stuff like that, um, which I'm currently, last few days, trying to wrap my head around with cash tokens. And Ooh. Um, yeah, just got my first Hello World contract working basically and got some small amount of coins stuck in the contract, which I can get them back technically, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> this is on testnet, I assume. No, of course not. Oh <laughs> it's tiny amount. It's it's like two cents. <laughs> I, I tried to get testnet yeah, working, but, it... but I couldn't get test coins, so I'm like, whatever, I'll just use mainnet. <laughs> In 50 years, that'll be like a billion dollars. That's true. You mentioned buying mm-hmm. old things uh, or something in the past yeah, that you shouldn't have. Yep. I remember buying a, a D&D player's handbook off of Purse.io. Nice. And uh, I don't, I, it may be 2014. I, I don't remember when Purse launched. Or maybe 2013, actually. I remember logging into Purse.io at some point, like way later, and it had your old transactions that you could see. <laughs> so I, I think that... That player's handbook cost me around twenty seven hundred dollars or something when I checked. And <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm worse. Uh, yeah, it was like four or five BTC, I think, for my Wi-Fi dongle, um, and I'm going to frame it, I think, because it's probably <laughs> one of the most expensive things I've ever bought. But uh, at the time, it was you know twenty bucks or something. So mm-hmm. was that the first transaction you have ever done? Uh, first, first, uh, like buying something commerce transaction. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I believe so. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I really wanted to see like if, if this thing actually worked as money, that was my, my goal at the time. Uh, I needed a Wi-Fi adapter for, uh, uh, it was like my Xbox or something. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I really wanted to, to, to test it out and i was like I, of course i could use paypal but but uh, i had bitcoin and so i thought well you know let's let's 
let's see how this works um, and uh, if it's safe and if these companies are all scams, etc. I, I did, uh, and it, it worked. It was great. Uh, it worked as money. It was completely frictionless. It was fantastic, and and that's when I, you know, decided to start accepting it in my store as well because it's like, well, this is so much better than all of this other stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I, I think my first one was Humble Bundle. Nice. Uh, yeah, little games packages, uh, a lot of indie developer games. I think so. This was like back when they first announced they accepted it, uh, and it was like direct to their own wallet, not through like a BitPay thing. So I don't even think BitPay existed right. back then, or was like fully out. But yeah, it's. I just remember doing that first transaction, and it's like you send it, and it shows up like half a second later on this their website, and it's like whoa, <laughs> that was fast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Done. Oh. And then I just imagine the flip side where it's like, oh, Dell stops accepting it. Microsoft stops accepting it. Steam stops accepting it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a huge blow. And I really felt at the time like, you know, don't you don't you guys realize that we're going backwards? But I, I think, you know, I, I believe there are certainly a, a number of people who who uh, had other intentions you know, probably didn't want Bitcoin to succeed. I, I you know, there's there's certain certain people who who have agendas. I'm not I'm not going to say who those people are, or who I think they are. It doesn't matter. But there is a very large contingent of people who believe that the purpose of Bitcoin is not for commerce. The purpose of Bitcoin is just so you get rich later. They believe that's the point of the project. And 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 you know, people will argue like. You know, it doesn't matter what Satoshi wanted. This is what Bitcoin is now. And I, I guess I agree. It doesn't matter what Satoshi wanted, but it does matter what what the project is used for. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, really the, the difference in in the philosophies of, of the BTC and the BCH camps. You know, the people in BTC don't think it's for commerce and they don't think that anyone in the world should be able to use it. They'll say, oh, they can do lightning. But that's, you know, a different story. You know, why would you want to use your Bitcoin to buy coffee? Just use credit cards. These are the, the, the you know, the, the statements that were being said. But that wasn't the point of, of Bitcoin. And that's not the point of BCH. The point of, of, of BCH is to use it as money. It's money. It's cash. <laughs> you mm -hmm. use it. You know, just from, from a philosophical point of view, you know, Bitcoin cash is, is what I want the world to have. Do I want to get rich? Yes. Do I think it's possible to get rich using BCH as well? Absolutely. You know, if, if uh, BCH... Uh, achieves its goal of becoming global money. People who who buy BCH today will be very happy in the future. That's not financial advice. That's a big <laughs> if. You know, if the price goes up in the future, people who buy it today will be very happy. People who are holding it today will be very happy. Uh, you know, that's the same with anything. If uh, for some reason popsicle sticks uh, are worth a billion dollars in the future, well, people who have popsicle sticks today are going to be very happy. Uh, but you know, the, the, the main difference there is, is people who are, are working on the project for those two different goals. So I, you know, I, I struggle to think of what the people in BTC are, are working towards, uh, you know, if, if the point of the thing is to, you buy it and then you don't touch it until you retire or you want to buy a house, well, then you don't need to work on anything because, it's you're just holding it. It's just a pyramid scheme, right? It's you you buy it today to sell it to someone else in the future, and of course with BCH, it's you buy it today 
and you don't need to sell it in the future because in the future you can use it to buy stuff. You don't need to swap back into fiat. We're replacing fiat and very different philosophies. And I know which one I think is, is better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in this of the same mind with the slight tweak of (laughs) the thing I constantly harp on about is I just, it doesn't seem sustainable to be in that store of value camp where you just hold it and it goes up. Because when you look at how Bitcoin was designed, like the actual rules with the miners getting less coins over time, if you don't somehow substitute the fees that they're getting from the coins, it just it's all going to die. And right. that this is where it feels like for a long time I was taking crazy pills because you look at the design yeah. and it needs to be sustainable. Otherwise, the miners just leave and then the network itself is you can just attack it very easily and it's not usable anymore. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's the the people that are on that side, I think a lot of it is uh, maybe just ignorance, not knowing that, like looking at that long-term design. But I think a lot of the people at the, the top, air quotes, of it are <laughs> possibly malicious. Like I wouldn't put it that uh, that possibility out. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, it, it, I... Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think a lot of the people at the top there have all ulterior motives. I don't know if you saw the article that came out a few days ago about, uh, you know, some of the top miners in the world are... are uh, BlackRock. Have, uh, BlackRock, but are, are, are in the red. Uh, they, they're basically subsidizing Bitcoin mining and they're, they're in the hole billions of dollars. And, uh, you know, the way that mining works is, you know, at least six months in advance, you, you place your orders for whatever new miners that, that uh, are coming out with the better chips and more efficiency, et cetera. And you, you make these orders with the expectation that the price is going to be a certain amount in that time. Um, and then when those orders arrive, you, you turn them on because you got to try and make some of your money back. But in the last year, uh, Bitcoin hasn't performed very well. And so many of these massive mining companies, which, you know, have investors, et cetera, uh, are in the red. They've lost billions of dollars. And, you know, the next BTC happening is in April of, of next year. Uh, and so basically the price needs to double. It, it doesn't mean it's going to. It needs to for mm-hmm. these mining companies to make the same amount of money that they're losing today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it needs to more than double by April of next year for them to be profitable. Uh, and that's really scary uh, for the security of the network, especially when you rely on fees. And of course, where do those fees come from? The fees come from transactions, but where are they pushing transactions to second layer, which doesn't create any fees for the first layer. So you're, you're pushing your, the survivability of the network onto a a different network. You know, an an L2 is a different network. Uh, You're pushing the survivability of the network onto a different network and then wondering why your network isn't surviving. It's just, you know, it's at some point it's going to be a death spiral. Um, and I look forward to it. So I, I, I have my popcorn ready. Uh, I got a nice air popper. Uh, yeah, ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's all true. And if you're not going to get fees from mass usage, that means your fees have to come from just more expensive transactions. So the typical argument is that's what will happen is, you know, all oh, the banks will pick up the tab because they're going to be in crypto. Um, so you're going to be looking at, you know, 50 to to $100 fees for every single transaction with the blocks always full. 
and reality like that's just not going to happen because those entities those banks and stuff they're greedy like they're not going to pay those fees if they can do it a different way for cheaper so even if that did happen temporarily like they're that's not going to last 50 years like they're they're just going to find some other way to do their stuff at a cheaper price and slowly everything leaves well probably slow and then very fast yes <laughs> <laughs> but watch watch the bitcoin dominance chart if if uh if you're if you're unsure you know any anyone who's doing stuff on on btc can do do stuff similar uh on on another network and there's you know 2000 other networks now so yeah whatever whatever btc has to keep it at the top is not going to last forever especially if they don't innovate in some way mm-hmm. um yeah sorry that's normal. This is this is casual, <laughs> not scripted. Um, no, this is. I'm totally following the script. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, the the constant counter argument to all this stuff is, oh, you know, miners are the, There's the difficulty adjustment. Sure, some miners will go will leave temporarily, but the difficulty goes down. They'll come back later when it's more profitable. Um, the The problem is, it's all short sighted because if you, like, okay maybe that happens in the next five years what about 15 years what about 25 years then the quote i constantly harp on about is satoshi saying he expects many transactions or no transactions by yes. roughly 2030 i think it was 2028 yeah. technically and so i constantly bring that up because it's showing that either you have many transactions to cover many many small fees or you have no transactions because the network's going to die because it's not going to support yeah. lots of or very high fees uh, with a small number of transactions will it die 2028 or 2020 or 2030 roughly like suddenly no it could keep going but it's just going to keep going downhill so all these arguments about oh you know difficulty adjust it'll be fine it's like okay but shift your horizon out like another 10 or 20 years and can you still say the same thing and i feel like most right. people just don't do that it's, it's kind of like people with big numbers they just really struggle with big numbers like thinking how big the universe is and stuff like that. It's like, just, just, I'm not asking that much. I'm just asking for like another 10 or 15 years, just push it out a little more. <laughs> but the number has gone up, so it will always go up, right? That's, that's the, that's yeah. the, the, the hopium, right? So I, th- I think there's a big difference between uh, having hope about something. You know, I'm very hopeful that the price of BCH goes up, but there's a big difference between hoping that'll go up and, looking at at real progress towards something going up you know the 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 number of people that are are getting into crypto uh probably will go up will they go into btc first only probably not they're they're gonna they're gonna be buying board apes or or uh they're gonna be buying you know uh fire swords for whatever game they're gonna be in crypto but they're not going to be you know store valuing they're going to be using it for something mm-hmm. uh, and if 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 uh you know you can't compete with those people by by not innovating so you know enjoy your ossified uh number go somewhere chain because you're not you're not working on making it better like i you know there's there's the big debate and i really don't want to talk about btc forever but uh, <laughs> uh there's, there's the the big debate going on you know right now about uh what is it uh drive chains uh, drive chains and the other one i keep forgetting I, I want to call it c or no uh 
it's not CTOR, it's something else. Um, CTV is what it's called. Okay. Uh, and uh, I forget what it does now, but but it was you know it was some innovation on 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 BTC, and uh, you know just got absolutely shot down uh, because uh, that's that's a change, right? Um, and you can't have changes. So as far as I know, those are the only two like developments going on. Any other development is on Liquid or, or some Blockstream product. But but as far as like developments on BTC, what what is being done? What is you know being innovated? What is being added? Like yeah, another new Lightning custodial Rube Goldberg machine uh, is not inspiring people. Uh, uh, how are you going to get people into into using Bitcoin when you know even even the conferences and stores don't accept Bitcoin as payment? Um, what what is the point of the thing? Oh, the number goes up. Okay, but why? Oh, because it goes up because people want it forever. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. scarce. Well, it, no, it's, it's, it's really. starting to break down though. Like the whole narrative yeah. and like Jeremy uh, from BCH Podcast has that good little Twitter. Uh, thread going on of people from BTC just like losing their minds <laughs> yeah and contradicting themselves in certain things now it's just it seems like it seems like the narrative's shifting slowly part of the thing that made me really bullish on the cash tokens thing recently was uh, a coin geek podcast somebody was on there talking about how BCH is doing uh, all these cash tokens things and BS, uh, it was a BSV podcast, I believe. And they're talking about ordinals, which is what BTC is doing by mistake, basically. <laughs> um, so they have all this whole so ordinal SV. thing. SV is doing ordinals as well. There's Yeah, yeah, that, that was the thing. Yeah. So like the BSV people were talking about how it's, uh, you have to do ordinals. They have these other uh, proposals for doing things like NFTs and stuff. But it's like, uh, one of them said, you, know, like, you have to do ordinals because people are looking at ordinals. And that's what BTC is doing. That's uh, where a lot of activity here is on BSV. So you should do or ordinals and not focus on these other ones. And then they got in a technical discussion about two of these different protocols and talking about how this is getting a little tech technical, but you have to uh, index all of the tokens, which is like right. a bit of a hassle. But on cash tokens, mm. you don't have to do that because it's directly part of uh, the chain the chain it's part of the U yeah. utxo so it's much more ethereum like in that sense and they didn't understand when it was explained to them like <laughs> they, they didn't didn't know that was possible it sounded like so it feels like cash tokens mm -hmm. bch is definitely like breaking into ground especially on utxo chains that's new and it's it, again going back to that ground floor so and yeah, you do not see anything like that happening on BTC, it feels like. Like, I do not no. follow them massively, but it definitely feels like if you want to get something approved, you have to do an entire song and dance and get the right people on your side. And even then, like, nothing really gets done. Well, the, <clears throat> there, there is no system for... for... Uh, consensus right there's no there's no website that lists the way to get improvements in there's you know bitcoin improvement proposals and people act or knack them but it's you know it's not a democracy uh it's uh you know what what is the system nobody knows and, and i ask people all the time 
whenever I get in fights with people about uh, about uh, BTC and BCH, it's like, okay, well, how how are improvements decided for BTC? What is what is the procedure? What is what is the way? Oh, well, you develop a thing, <clears throat> and it gets added to the 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 code base. No, you, no, it doesn't. Uh, somebody decides. Who decides? What is the process? There is no process. So how, you know, how 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 do you play the game if the game has no rules? Uh, it's just uh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think the drive chains thing that's happening right now is going to be a perfect example of how mm. that plays out, which is not a new example because all of this is, we, this is like a broken record to us. I think where we've seen all these proposals attempt to get passed uh, in, in the past with the block size. And it just, it, yeah. no matter what you say, if they don't want it, you don't get it. This group of people that's involved on the BTC side. So looking at the past, it was always, from my view anyways, and I could be wrong, but I was very obsessed with following everything back then. Um, <laughs> it was always the big block side that was trying to be the reasonable ones and offering alternatives constantly. Right, and none of that was happening from the small blocker side. At most, it was like mm, maybe we'll do that, and I think that was like the two megabit segwit thing. So it's like some of them, are like okay, maybe we'll do that, but besides that, it was just like no, 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 no. I, I agree, hundred uh, percent. You know, it's the the whole, and, and and that's why you know Bitcoin Cash exists because of the the classic like we'll come over here and we'll compromise. And then when when the time comes, they take another step back. It's like, well, come over here, we'll compromise. And they take another step back, uh, and that's what two X was, right? It's like, well, you know, let's do Segwit first, and then we'll do two megabyte blocks. Uh, and Why is your course, hand behind your back? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And and I think you know, as far as there's there was a lot of mistakes made uh, at the time. Uh, but but I think you know whoever made the decision to launch BCH before Segwit activated did a brilliant brilliant thing um, because it was it was never going to they were never going to uh, keep up their end of the bargain there would always be some excuse kind of a good like overview of us a little bit and then why BCH <laughs> exists <laughs> right um, I guess just a quick plug for myself I guess so help me cash uh, is my directory site, and then the game I mentioned a long time ago uh, is fogofwar.quests slash game. And it is not done at all, that's, but that's the one I released the hackathon. So active development. Check it out. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, see you next episode. Whenever give that happens like to be. Whenever that happens to be, yeah, give us a like, a subscribe, a follow. Yeah, we might try to keep this into a regular thing. We'll see how it goes. We both are quite busy with random mini projects, so we will see. But I enjoy doing these. So yeah, me too. It's uh, it's it's up to you guys though. So if if you guys like this wherever you're listening to it, uh, then if if we get to our our threshold of likes, then we'll do more. But if you don't like it, then we won't do any more. So it's up to you. Actually, no, even if you don't like it, we'll probably do it. Probably, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. Is, but we'll do more <laughs> and more often if you like it. So This is uh, true. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll even get some special guests. Oh, my God. Uh, who Who's the special guest? I have do no have idea. Do we have them lined up? <laughs> ah, okay. No idea. 
free trader free traders gonna come on and talk for the first time <laughs> <laughs> hasn't he talked in things before he's just uh nope no he always types nope. all right okay nope. Yeah, there was one. There was one uh, uh, introductory video for BCHN, I think, and uh, there was some text-to-speech thing. It was like, "Hello, this is Free Trader," uh, but no, he's never he's never spoken. Uh, his uh, operational security is amazing. He doesn't use anything that requires a phone number, etc. Hmm. Uh, that's why he's not on Telegram. Um, I say he. Uh, I'm not. I'm actually not sure that. Uh, uh, he's male, um, but uh, he, she, they at reptile. <laughs> yes, yes, floating, floating uh, grid head, whatever, <laughs> whatever gender that is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Free Trader is is one of those people that uh, was on you know Bitcoin Talk uh, back in the day. Same with uh, Shadow uh, and uh, Molecular. Tom Harding, uh, all these people were on Bitcoin Talk back, wow. back, 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 back in the day. It's yeah. insane to think how many people back then are still somewhat in this community. Like, I was, I was on Bitcoin Talk a little bit back then, but didn't really talk a massive yeah. amount. But. No, me neither. Um, um, but yeah, there, there are certainly a lot of of OGs who believed in the mission of, of bitcoin and and because of that stuck to bitcoin cash and then there are other people who believed in the mission but thought that bitcoin is dead and so went on to ethereum and then there's other people that believed in the mission but thought bitcoin is dead and then went on to other coins that they thought had a better chance or better network effect or better technology or whatever mm-hmm. and uh so if if uh bitcoin was sabotaged then uh, whoever was dividing uh, did a pretty good job of dividing, but a lot of us are still united and we're on Bitcoin Cash. So come, come join uh, the awesome uh, OG team uh, that shares the original goal and purpose of Bitcoin. We have cats and cookies. <laughs> Instant win. And I'll, yes. <laughs> I, I would just echo that and say that if you need to be convinced, just look at the original design, the original protocol from an economic sense of how it stays sustainable and like that by itself doesn't really need to be defended it's the design works as long as it gets usage which means we need to increase usage right so yeah you need to increase usage Um, and how do you increase usage someone should do that Yeah, but I think, you know, more importantly, I think, uh, you know, increasing usage is by increasing utility, building projects. Um, you know, uh, Satoshi had all these different opcodes built into Bitcoin of things that would help it grow, right? It originally had poker built into the Bitcoin code. Right, <laughs> right. And, and some marketplace thing, too, as well, if I, if I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah. Uh, and so these were all ideas that Satoshi had to increase the usage of Bitcoin. And just holding it is not increasing usage. Uh, and, and so if you want you know, the Bitcoin project to survive, you need to follow and use the one that is usable, and that's Bitcoin Cash. So, yeah, and that's uh, one reason why I'm much on the side of gaming and trying to make it fun and useful in that way. So 
I, I want gaming uh, very much too, but I also want degenerate gambling. So uh, <laughs> I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler myself. Uh, but there's a, there's uh, a lot I of usage in that realm a, still. There's a lot of usage in there, um, and and of course you know other other projects like uh, you know tickets and reward points and and all of those things can be done on cash tokens as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's all it's all coming. We we've, we've jumped. We we were saying goodbye, but now we've jumped topics. We've jumped like straight back in. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for next time. Yeah, it's dangerous yeah. getting us together. <laughs> By the way. By the way, three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> I am Bitcoin, I'm not nervous I'm the tech that changes what society is I am money, I create freedom And I'm limited so I know what my worth is I don't ask how high the fee is I don't open verifiable blockchain Cashes and transactions I find in my process I verify what I'm handed, I trust with commanded But under the surface, I feel berserk Like a keyboard warrior that's suddenly wordless Under the surface, what's Satoshi ever like yo? I don't wanna fight big banks under the surface I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service A bug or a hack, a line in the stack That brings the camels back, what brings the camels back? It's both of the fees, fees, fees that'll never stop Whoa Users that'll leave, leave, leave till we just go bump Whoa Give it to BCH Toshi blockchain is stronger See the users throw away the dollar Who am I if I can't verify it at all If I falter Under the surface I hide my nerves and it worsens I worry a central chain will hurt us Under the surface The miners will leave They need fees Lighting will kill this Under the surface I think about the white paper Can we somehow preserve it? Line up Maxis, yo Electronic gold blows Who can try to stop a tumble Would that free some